Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Genesis chapter 4, we'll read a couple verses and then let you sit down. Adam, verse 1, Adam knew his wife, she conceived and bare Cain. And said, I, I got a man from the Lord. She again bare his brother, Abel. Anybody in here have kids close together? <laughs> Some of you in this room, you were so shocked. You were so excited when you found out about the first one. And you were so shocked when you were just trying to recover. And there was a little plus sign. Uh-huh. She again bears brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. The Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain in his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth. His countenance fell. I love this. The Lord, the Lord talks to him, saying, Cain, why are you wroth? Why, why is your countenance fell? Verse 7, if thou dost well, if you do well, if you do well, if you do well, <laughs> won't you be accepted? But if you do not well, sin is waiting at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. My goodness. And Cain talked with Abel. His brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Man, that got dramatic real quick. And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I don't know. Can you imagine saying to the Lord, am I my brother's keeper? Oh, oh, mm-mm. And he said, what have you done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. I want to draw my text from verse 3 and preach to you on this subject in process of time. And my subtitle today, keeping in line with what's actually taking place around this building, offering our best. I believe God is worthy of our best. Um, I, I believe he is. So I want to do my best to relay this thought to you as I feel from the Lord. But I'm asking you, I'm going to turn my microphone off. It's a pretty normal custom for me. And I'm going to ask everybody in the building one time before we're seated, pray together that the word can do and serve its intended purpose for our gathering here today. Would you do that? Begin to pray all over the house.
Praise God. In process of time, in process of time, and you may be seated here this morning. Turn to somebody near you and say, I'm glad I'm in church with you today. Come on, if you're married to them, you definitely need to tell them. <laughs> glad I'm in church with you today. Can I tell you that from my assessment, Genesis chapter 4 seems dramatic. How quickly Cain goes from giving a sacrifice or an offering to killing his brother, that seems dramatic. We all know dramatic people. Dramatic people cannot just tell you a story. Oh, you had to be there. Dramatic people get within your comfortable range of space. There is a understood, unwritten rule that there is a bubble around every person. Come on, how many know what I'm talking in? Pandemic has moved that to six feet. For some of you, that's been very uncomfortable. For others, you've just loved that. Some of you feel like it, it, six feet should always be the norm. But we all know, I've heard people that, that get too close. I've got a friend who calls one, <laughs> one particular guy a space invader. <laughs> Don't worry, it doesn't go here. If he did, I'd still tell it. Um, but this particular person likes to get too close. Have you ever been talking so close to someone that they spit on you while they're talking? Oh, I know it got awkward. I'm waking you up. But some people are naturally dramatic. But there seems to be an awkward thing here that takes place in the life of these two brothers, these first two brothers, Cain and Abel seems to be something just a little bit unique in the drama here. Cain chose what he would be dramatic about. Some people are very excited as long as it's what they're into. <laughs> okay. Perfect scenario. Here we are on Sunday. We've entered into football season. Yesterday, there are men in this church that no doubt sat in front of a television and while your team played, how many guys in the room, I know this isn't the kind of poll you should take, but I'm going to take it. How many guys have watched ESPN in the last 24 hours? You lie, you fry. Come on, go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, look at all the hands around the room. Some of you feel like it's confession. It's okay. It just calm down. Just don't make a God out of it. But some of you, now, I'm going to tell you that being a part of the middle marriage event this weekend, Brother Means, one of the things that I got to do was go to the Brown County, to Nashville, to the shops. I don't want to offend anybody right now. But to me, <laughs> to me, if you walked in one of them shops, I can see some of y'all like, where are you going? Where are you going with this? <laughs> where are you going with this? 
to me. If you would let me choose between watching football, go to Brown County. Would you like to eat nachos and watch your team play? Or would you like to go into the same shop that looked like the same shop that looked like the same shop that looked like the same shop? Nachos? Can I get a witness in the room? Somebody, I just, how many of you women think I'm wrong? Anybody think I'm wrong? I can tell some of you like, yeah. It's your one chance to get to tell me just publicly. We can choose based on personality what to get dramatic about. Some of you are car people. Some of you are not. Okay? We should all, A-L-L, all be God-pleasing people. We should all be about what did God ask for? Let's get excited about it. We learn it from the first set of brothers. Some people are lazy. It's just true. Forgive me. I don't get lazy. I don't understand lazy. I, <laughs> I don't understand sleep till noon. I know for some of you, you're like, well, I sleep till noon, but I'll stay up all night and work. Well, God bless you. Awesome. I don't understand. They're in class anyway. Well, college kids, and you're, you're dedicated. That's why you're in college. But let me say, I don't understand playing video games. It, you know, maybe it's an appetizer. Little. I don't understand grown men that play video games for five and six hours at a time. I'm sorry. A couple of you just clapping because you know you're supposed to. You're like, yeah, that's right. Wives are like, I know what you did yesterday. I know what you did. <laughs> I don't understand that. But we see something happen between the two brothers. Everybody say Cain and Abel. Yeah, Cain and Abel, we see it happen here. They're both given jobs. They're given an opportunity. Cain is what? He is the tiller, the keeper of what? The ground, yeah. And then we got Abe, right? Okay. Now, in today's culture, I thought about doing this. I, I, I thought, in fact, too much. I thought about preaching the day and having a little sheep brought out. Because that's what would happen. Did you hear it? I didn't even have to bring it out. Oh. If we brought a sheep out here today and I talked about sacrificing it, oh, you're a hideous monster, right? If I brought a goat out here, some of you would think of euros. <laughs> no, if I... If I brought a sheep out here, if I brought a live animal and I tried to lay that in comparison next to the fruit or the vegetables of the field, the, the offering that was brought from the ground, and I said, which should we give to the Lord? Nobody in here in today's modern culture would say, kill the animal.
camel. No, I mean, unless you... 90% of this room plus enjoys meat. Sorry. You, it, right? But, you, but most of you don't want to take it from farm to table personally. You like the thought that it's organic because that's savvy. We have only organic meat, only grass-fed, only... You don't know. I'm sorry, but you don't know. If you got your organic at Walmart, you don't know. You... You don't know. I'm just sorry. Having too much fun. But with all that said, so I want to drill something down here and I need everybody to catch this. It was not about whether it was vegetables or a sheep. Please. Lest we, lest we mess this story up because we think, well, it was because a, a man, he brought, he brought the sheep he brought the fat thereof, the Bible says. All Cain had was veggies. You tell me the truth, most of you in here. If I say, here we go, filet mignon, celery. What are you going to be pleased with? It's like when you go out to eat with, never mind, I'm not even going <sighs> to. Go out to eat with somebody and they order a salad and you know they're more than a salad person. Come on. It's not about the sheep or the vegetables. Please hear me as I dive into the text and get to the principle. It's about what was the heart of the giving. What was the heart of the giving? But instead of addressing the heart of the giving, which was supposed to be this little word that rolls off the tongue well, but tastes more bitter than any coffee you've ever had. And that word is sacrifice. It was supposed to be sacrificial giving. Retired missionary Dan Scott, who is one of the strong voices in my life, told me one time, he said, it is not even true giving unless it is sacrificial. How do we consider anything giving that does not cost us if it cannot be missed? Ah. Dan Scott woke up while pastoring a successful, thriving church in West Virginia. They had built a church in West Virginia. It was packed to the gills, running over 600 people. They had built a brand new building, and there were people lined around the outside of the, of the building. It was so full. By every measure of men's standards, he was a successful pastor. His wife told me, the late sister Scott told me, she said, I woke up to Dan praying in the living room. She said, because when Dan prays, everybody knows. <laughs> Middle of the night, he said, the Lord woke him up and drew him to prayer. And Dan Scott got up out of his bed. Here he was, pastor of a successful, growing and thriving church. And he walked down to his living room there in West Virginia. He said, it was a house that I had built for her. God had been blessing us. But when I began to pray, intercession got a hold of me in the living room. He said, and as I was praying, the Holy Ghost moved in. The, the Spirit of God moved in that living room. And all of a sudden, he said, Brother Carson, I can't explain him. But the wall, it was like the wall fell out of my living room. And as far as I could see was a sea of dark-skinned people. 
He said, I'm standing in my living room in West Virginia, pastoring this successful church. My future looks bright. Everything is laid out ahead of me. And all of a sudden, standing in my living room, middle of the night, the Lord said, these are the people of Ecuador. It's time to go. He said it did not make any sense because we were financially set. The church was having revival. We have built a new home. We have built a new building. Ladies and gentlemen, I need to tell you that when they chose to go, there were no partners and missionaries. No partners in missions. There was no financial support. No undergirding. They sold everything and got on a got on a boat and headed to a country where they could not speak the language. I said, Brother Scott, weren't you overwhelmed? He said, yes, but I had a word from God. And the word from God was give everything. He said, he said it was a little intimidating when you show up and you can't speak the language. Well, I guess. You're the only, you're the only white person there. Walking around speaking English. Can I tell you that in a situation like that, your suit and tie don't mean much? I said, what'd you do? He said, I did what God told me to do. We went and we found our way to somehow begin to share the gospel and start preaching the gospel and start teaching the gospel. And we got with it. We learned the language and we got with the right translators. He said, and before long, he said, the Lord began to allow this to unfold and begin to happen. If you would trace, and I won't take time, but if you would trace the tenure of their ministry and their time there, to this day, Ecuador has a completely self-sustaining work. Some of our largest, greatest constituency in all of the world is in Ecuador because one guy, when he went there, there was no other missionary. One guy. We have Ecuador. Listen, we have pastors from Ecuador that now pastor in the States. We've got, if you know the Limones, Elias Limones, that, that pastors on the West Coast. They pastor thousands of people. But if Dan Scott walks into the room, they look at him as the man who walked into a country where there was no voice and there was no word. Pastor Carson, what are you saying? I'm saying sacrifice is based on what God asks you. Now, I need, to, I need to let you know something. You're not going to be weighed against whether or not you went to Ecuador. Okay? I don't want anybody to come up to me this week and say, I think I'm supposed to go to Ecuador. I'm going to tell you to pray about it. Make sure it wasn't the celery talking. So you might not be weighed against whether or not you go to Ecuador, but you will be weighed against whether you fulfilled what he asked you to do. You will, be, you will be weighed on whether or not you brought a full sacrifice to God. Cain and Abel were both meant to bring an offering, and that they did. But one was the offering of sacrifice, and one was the offering of ease. Please hear that. One was the offering of sacrifice, and one was the offering of ease. This is not a message about money. This is not a message about resources. This is a message about character. This is a message about being a parent that is leading a child. Can you imagine how Eve and Adam must have felt with their sons at it all the time? As parents, can we admit there is nothing more annoying than our kids fighting? Right? Young to old. 
I found out I got one entering college next year. It's still just as annoying. You walk in and they're picking. I don't care if they're five months. I don't care if they're five years. I don't care if they're 15. I don't care if they're 25. Some of you are grown. You got grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Every now and then your kids will get into it and you just want. You know you do. Would you stop that foolishness? Brothers and sisters aren't supposed to fight. Brothers and sisters are supposed to. Now, there are situations in this room that are beyond your control. You can't help it. You've tried to get along with a sibling and you cannot. That was not the issue here. If Cain would have grown up. Cain, Cain had a maturity problem. He would not mature enough to give God his very best. Ladies and gentlemen, across the room, college students, hear me right now. At some point, we have to spiritually mature to say, whatever God asks, I've got to do it. But how many know in the process of time, we can be zealous for God, but in the process, Life comes at you. And instead of giving, we get into comparison mode. Because that's where Cain was living. Cain was living, I believe, Brother Marshall, Cain was living in this mode of, well, if you'd have let me be the keeper of the sheep, I'd have had a good offering too. If you'd have given me those giftings and talents, let one of these guys get up and sing real good and, and you hear them and think, well, if I could sing like that, I'd be, gift, I'd be given more too. Cain, it's not about sheep. It's about your attitude. It's about your character. God isn't looking at you asking whether or not you're bringing vegetables or whether or not you're bringing meat. God is looking at you saying, are you listening to what I'm saying? That's why for some people in this room, God is calling you to fast one day and other people in this room, when Pastor Lopez was talking, he was asking you to fast seven. For some people in this room, the thought of giving a whole week in fasting, some of you about faint right there. But for some people in this room, I feel like when the challenge was given during prayer and fasting, there are some that have always wanted to try to fast all week long. Is it possible? Let me tell you when it's possible. If God challenges you to do it. Well, how do I know that's not just me? Pray about it. Seek God about it. But I promise you, if it's just you, after day one, you'll be done. What is my level of sacrifice? I see nothing from the side of Abel. I see no frustration from the side of Abel. It was in his heart and in his mind to bring his best unto the Lord. For the Lord caused. How is it possible that Cain would re retaliate in such a fashion? Cain, all you got to do is go bring some more of the fruit of the field. But instead of taking an internal look, Cain decided it would be easier 
for me to destroy my brother or destroy my sister. And to the parents who have had babies dedicated and the families that are connected in the church family that is here, I'm going to tell you something we have got to keep out of the church and out of our families, and that is comparison with one against another. We have got to keep it out of the home. We don't get to be in a place where we ever, where we ever put brother and sister against each other and we, and we let them be, well, this one's, and as parents, we got to be careful. If you're going to brag on one, brag on both. Okay. Ooh, felt a little vain right there. Don't brag on just the sports, brag on the scholastics. And for the love of God and, and, and the love of the word of God. If you're going to brag on their school stuff, please brag on their church stuff. Okay. It matters. Abel, it was intrinsically woven into him somewhere in the process of time, somewhere in this process, something was lost. Something developed in Cain. Something took place in the heart of Cain. Something in this process. And I'm going to tell you, we all have the potential to become callous. We all have the potential to get to the place where it would be easier to kill our brother than to change our level of worship. We all have the ability to get to the place where if we're not careful, we, 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 we become a little bit more like Cain than we want to admit. Well, God, it's not fair. He's the sheep keeper. You got me, you got me knuckle deep in the dirt. He's shoveling poo. Think about the human side of this. He's got sheep saliva on his arm. He's been walking into the, the situation with wolves. I know we don't read about it, but he is guarding them from the flock. Don't compare your jobs. They're both tough. They're both hard. It's not about your job. It's not about your, listen, it is not about your social status. Cain, it is not about that. It is that God asked for sacrifice and you gave convenience. Hmm. Mm. God asked you to give your best and you gave him the rest. But isn't it where we live? We live in a world that teaches that, pushes that, prompts that, and promotes that. Give God what is left if you give him anything at all. And the truth, listen, the truth that is permeated through our world, it was not all this, always this way, but in the process of time, it became this way. Well, if God loved you, you'd be more blessed. If God loved you, you wouldn't be sick. If God loved you, your family wouldn't be having hardship. How many know that God's good even when life isn't? Come on. How many know that God is righteous even when things aren't right? God is. He is good to us. So as our children are learning on this very same process and, and, and character concept in their classes, I want to speak to us as adults and parents and to these new families. I want to speak on this concept that they are watching us. Do you think it was Adam and Eve's fault, though? <laughs> There's a tough question. Do you think it was Adam and Eve's fault that Cain was a mess? 
No. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to let some of you off the hook. Sometimes kids are just dumb. They just do. That's going to be a meme. I know it. I, sometimes kids do stuff. It wasn't your fault. You loved them. I'm going to tell you one of the greatest victories we could really get right now. If some moms and dads would let yourself off the hook, it was not your fault. You loved God. You brought them to church. You taught them right and wrong. But they were living in a world that constantly was damning and condemning and cursing. It was not your fault. You trained them. You taught them. Now, you got to trust Cain to have the common sense. Can I tell you something? It is not fair that Abel died. I've looked at it every way I possibly can. I just cannot find where it's fair that he died. But life is not fair. I want it to be. Brother Nykirk, I want to be able to find a place. I want to be able to find a way that just ensures that if I, if I live for God and if I do my best to teach right, that everything will be fine. It's not. Good people still get sick. I've buried people in the last two years that doesn't make any sense for me. And I have riddled through these pages and I have laid before God and I've tried to ask God why. The only thing I can find is that in the process of time, life takes unexpected turns and unexpected twists. And it's how you handle the twists and turns that determine whether or not you're truly faithful. Can I tell you how Abel died? I know he died a wrongful death, but Abel died faithful. And life might not go perfect for me. And life might not go perfect for you. But I want you to be able to know at the end of it all. I want it to be said. They died faithful. They died faithful. Pastor Carson, this is dedication service. Why are we talking about death? Why are we talking about character? And character has to keep you when you're right and when other people are wrong and when you're giving your best and other people aren't giving their best because we know the jealousy thing happens and the comparison thing. It's not fair that, that we're living for God and, and I'm, I'm unhealthy and they're you ever been having financial woes? Let's just be real for a second. Ever been having financial woes and you, you pull into the gas station and, and, and some dude walks out of the gas station to his big $90,000 vehicle with a big old boat on the back carrying a big case of, of beer, got a stogie in his mouth and you're in there, you're 1975, you go and... I gotta say you go when the kids are in class because they don't know what that means. But have you ever been to the place where you want to compare? How 
is it possible, God? I gave my best. I sacrificed. And here's where it is. This is where it all comes home. It's because you were never living to be happy and, and to be, be, be in this place where people looked at you and gave you validation. It was never about so that you could get your name in lights or so that people could slap you on your back and say, why wow, you got it all together. The sacrifice was always for him. The giving was always to him. The lifestyle was always for him. So what happens, Pastor Lopez, if you're, if you're not a multimillionaire? I'm going to tell you what happens as long as at the end of it all, God is able to look at you and say, but they died faithful. He, he gave everything I asked. Brother Fridley, I'm, let, me, let me just talk to you for a second. I, I buried a close friend only about a month ago. And, I, and I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you it bothered me. It's troubled me until I got to his funeral and I listened to his life and the testimony and the worship and I looked around that room and people that had been away from God for years had walked into that funeral and they were dry in tears. I had tears falling down off and they were trying to dry them and trying to evade it under the presence of God and I sat there in that funeral service thinking if his death was for the return of any of these prodigals in this room, I know that guy well enough. He would have done it 10 times over over. This life is not about us. This life is about living for God and giving the best we have to offer unto him. It's giving our best to God. I want him to be able to say he didn't, he maybe he didn't have all the money, but he sure gave me what he had. Maybe he didn't have all the gifting, but he gave me what he had. And I tell you in closing today that if Cain would have brought the right fruit, it would have been just as good as the right sheep. It wasn't about tomatoes and celery and veg. No, 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 no. It wasn't about that. It wasn't not about the what. It was about the why. It was about the how. Oh, pastor, I don't, I don't have anything to offer. I False. When you pray, there's some people in this room that you don't have the financial ability to write big checks or you don't have the gifting to get up and sing great songs and you don't have the oratory to get up and preach great messages, but you've got the power to make heaven move when you pray. There are people in this room that when you pray, the recesses of hell begin to shudder. When you begin to intercede, everything in the enemy's kingdom begins to get nervous. Would I tell you right? I got to tell you right now. I thank God for giving. I thank God for the finances. But I'll take prayer warriors. I'll take prayer warriors. Some people have the ability to give in this area. Others have the ability to give here. Can I tell you, some of you, your calling is not to be a greeter at the door. Look, if you're introverted and cannot smile, either of those two, they're not exclusive. Okay? Welcome. If that's you, that's probably not your job. 
But you may, you may be the greatest vacuumer. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not taking, we need every, it's not about the gift, it's why you give it and how you give it. Why you give it and how you give it. I got to stop. Cain, Abel, it's not your name, it's not your job. It's not your family. It's your character. It's what you're giving and how you're choosing. Uh, tell you, the Lord's been dealing with me for the last week. Coming out of revival, the Lord's been dealing with me about Calvary Tabernacle doing a tent revival, trying to Figure out a way to do a big tent right on the highway. Let as many people know as we possibly can how to come in and give. You want to know the first thing I ask God? Why? We have a building. Like they were trying to get from tents to buildings, I think. This is my conversation with God. We started praying. I was like, like on the grass? Like we got, we got a big building. We got air. I, I'm, just, I'm just letting you in on my prayer. And I felt like God said, for visibility. He said, I want... I'm sorry, I'm so emotional with it. I just want people to drive by and see the visible sacrifice. That people aren't ashamed to love God in this day and age. I loved revival last week. I loved, but my favorite, not my favorite part of the whole revival was when we spilled out into the parking lots and people were dancing and shouting and talking in tongues and praying in every single parking lot we got. You want to know why? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And I'm sorry, but there's a little bit of cane in every one of us that says, I want to give it, but I don't want to be embarrassed by it. I, I want to give it, but I don't want it to cost me everything. And I feel like God is challenging that little bit of cane in me. Brother Evan Titus, as a man, I feel like God's challenging that little bit of cane that says, I want to give what I want to give. And who are you to ask? Uh, God, you wouldn't have breath if I didn't give it. You, you wouldn't have lungs to pull it into it. I not designed you. Can you even begin to think of where you'd be if it wasn't for the grace of God and the mercy of God? And So forgive me, but I'm, I'm not afraid of bringing him my best sheep. I, I feel a little bit like Abel. I bring him every sheep I've got. I, I give him the coat off my back. I give him the money in my pocket. I, I give him my dance. I give him my song. I, 
Why? I want to give him whatever he asks of me. Because the giving of my substance is not to be in comparison against Cain or Abel. The only person I can measure it against is me. Stand with me in this room. So I've been praying. I've been, I've been praying about this tent revival, how we're going to do it. Man, I text, I text one of my friends here about it and uh, got a text back. We're doing a tent revival. Oh, really? Robbie Carter, some of you know Kokomo. He's got relation here in the church. They're doing a tent revival today. I said, tell me about it, Brother Carter. He said last year, he said in Kokomo last year, he said we had over 200 visitors come to our tent revival. He said, I got leaders in the church today, one year removed. He said, not just faithful saints. He said, I got leaders in the church. At the first time they ever came, they stumbled into a field because they heard music. I'm going to tell you what I'm on. I'm on a mission to please God. I'm on a mission to please him. I know I'm letting the cat cat out of the bag a little bit, even just talking about it. But I know if I say it in front of you, then I got to do it. I'm not worried about whether it makes logical sense. I want you to hear me in front of these people. You called me to pastor. I, I just want to please you. And I don't know what broken family you're wanting to draw. I don't know what alcoholic you're wanting to stumble into the music. But we're going to press. So in your week of prayer and fasting, I want you to pray that God would help our team as we begin planning for this. They know already. I text them. Some of them probably looked at it like he's got to calm down. That I don't want to calm down. I feel like our time is so short. Moms and dads that we've just dedicated these babies. I feel like our time is so short. I'm afraid that some of our Recent generations have grown up without fresh appreciation because they've never known less. You recognize the average new generation? They don't know anything besides padded pews. Like our greatest complaint is green. And not envy. Unless you envy the carpet of someone else. You know, Brother B, I've been in places where we walked in on dirt floors. I've preached in countries where we rolled out mats and they laid in the dirt all night. We have an abundance. We're blessed people. We're blessed people. I want you to lift your hands. I'm doing my best to land this plane right now. I want you to lift your hands and begin to pray all over this room. I'd like to have about 40, 50, maybe 100 people come down around the altar and pray that God would help us 
Just help us to give our best during this season. Help us give our best during this. I don't want my giving to compare with somebody else because that's not what it's about. I don't, not in money, not in resources, not in time. I just, I want to give what you're asking me to give. For these parents, he's asking you to give your time and your energy and your talent. He's asking you to give your love and your teaching. As moms and dads, he's calling us to give our, our convenience to him. As grandparents, he's asking us to give still. He's not done asking. He's not done asking. I want you to begin to pray with me all over the room. I want you to, I want you to pray and, and say, God, make it clear what you're asking of me. Maybe you're asking me so clearly to reach out to a neighbor, but it's, man, it's a give. That's a big give. That's a big sacrifice. Maybe you're the one I was talking to. I feel prompted again right now that he's been challenging you to fast for a full five days or a full week. He's, and it's like a voice of confirmation for you right now. You've wrestled with yourself as to whether or not it was just you. Maybe it is financial. And somebody walk up the other night and give me what they've been saving. Said this has to go to the church. The Lord spoke clear to me. This is what I've been saving for down payment on the house. I wept as they left. I wept as I gave it to the to the office. I wept. I asked God to give it back tenfold because I know that's what He'll do. No, it's what he's able. But I'm challenging this church. Let us not give to get. But let us give what he asks. Is he asking for your time? Is he asking for your talent? Cain, don't be mad at Abel. He's just giving what he was asked. Cain, don't be mad at Abel. Just give with character, give with integrity.